faithful God for you, God, and who you are. God, you are a healer. You are a deliverer, God. God, I just thank you. I glorify you. I magnify you, God. God, you're awesome. You're wonderful, God. You're magnificent, God. Hallelujah. You're the great I am that I am, God. God, you're Jehovah Rapha. You're Jehovah Nisi. You're Jehovah Shalom. God, you're Jehovah. Hallelujah. You're the all-sufficient one. You're El Shaddai. Hallelujah. You're the good shepherd. You're the prince of peace, God. And we just give you glory, God, for who you are. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you that as I go forth and teach your word, God, that you have already filled my mouth, God. That you have already given me words of wisdom that the enemy cannot even reply in Jesus' name. Thank you that you have given me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season to those who are weary. Thank you for waking me up this morning with the tongue of the learned, God. I thank you, Father God, for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal unto us. Make things known unto us today. Thank you, God, for giving us a teachable spirit on today to hear what you will have us to hear, to see what you will have us to see so we can do what you will have us to do in Jesus name. God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer us who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of us. And God, you shall get all the glory. You shall get all the honor. You shall get all the praise. In this place on today, you shall be glorified. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Come on, it's all right to give God praise. It's all right to give God praise. Hallelujah. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hands. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. If you have your Bible, I want you to open your Bible with me to Psalms 34. But if you don't have your Bible, open your iPad, open your phone, whatever electronic device you may be carrying that you carry with you to open up the Word of God. And I pray that as you have that electronic device, you can get a signal, but... One thing that I'm sure of is that electronic device go out. You do have the word, your Bible. But if you don't have the Bible, I tell you what, you need it in your heart. Amen. God is just so good. Psalms 34. Hallelujah. Let's hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church. Hallelujah. When we all get there, let us say amen. amen. I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me 
and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You may be seated. I want to talk about whom or what are you magnifying more than God? Whom or what are you magnifying more than God? I know all of us are aware that we're in a time that people are dying left and right. We're in a time of of crisis all around us. But this is a time that we got to hold on to what God has promised. More than we holding on for what we see going on around us. We can't look at what we're seeing in the natural and live. Because if you look at the natural, you're magnifying the natural more than you're magnifying God. We are in a natural world. And we do have our five senses. But we don't go on flesh. We go on spirit. And see, this is how the church need to be taught. And see, my problem with the church is the teaching that's being taught is not lining up with who we are. The teaching that's being taught is not lining up with who we are. We teach according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. We don't teach based on how we feel, because if I taught based on how I feel, I wouldn't even be here this morning. We don't go on our feelings because our feelings represents the flesh. Thank God that he has made us a three-part being, which we have been going over, spirit, soul, and body. But the real you is the spirit, and that's what you go off of. You go off of the supernatural, not the natural. The super is over the natural. Now, I'm going to say it again. You go off the supernatural, not the natural. The supernatural is over the natural. It's above the natural. God sits high, and he looks low. But one thing that my God did, and I'm so grateful for what he did, even though God was up on his throne, now I want y'all to catch this. He was up on his throne, and God saw how the world was tore up from the flow up. God couldn't find no man, nobody. God couldn't find anybody to save the world. None of y'all could save the world. I want you to get this in your head. Nothing you can do could save the world. Nothing. God had to come off of his throne. The word had to become flesh to dwell among us. To live the way God wanted us to live on this earth in an evil world. So don't tell me that we cannot live our lives in this evil world according to who we are in him. Because he took, come off the throne. He was a spirit. He was a spirit being. A spirit is something you cannot see. Something that you cannot touch. This is why I say you got to get your mind on spirit and not on flesh. Because flesh cut up every day. Flesh cut up when it don't, when you don't look at it right. Flesh cut up when you don't say something to it right. Flesh cut up when it don't get what it want. Flesh is gonna cut up. That's just flesh. But when you in the spirit, no matter how your flesh react, you don't react according to the flesh. You tell the flesh, you're gonna straighten up today. 
Because you're in the spirit and not in the flesh. That's why we walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. So why did David say what he said? I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, David went through some stuff in his life, y'all. Y'all know some of the battles that David went through? First of all, David, he was a tender of the sheep. He was tending to the sheep and it looked like that the job that David had wasn't much. You know, they didn't look at David like David should have been looked at. But God knew who David was. God knew David's name. So while David was out tending to the sheep, because David didn't look like he was a warrior. David didn't look like he was somebody that can go out there and be in battle. See, God always saved the best for last. So don't think just because you're doing something that I'm not doing that God can't use you in what you're doing. So David, he, um, God chose David. But what David did, what God did, God let him see the battle that was going on. His dad sent him to to the battlefield for his brothers, to give his brothers some food and give some others some food. And as David come up on the battle, he saw how afraid that they were. And they began to tell David about what was going on. But David didn't pay no attention to the words that they were saying. Why did David not pay attention to those words? Because those words was full of fear. He was not about fear. He was about faith. So faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. David said, I don't hear that kind of talk. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. I don't hear that kind of talk. Even though he was seeing Goliath and even though he was seeing Israel the way they were, skittish and afraid, David wasn't going on them. He was going on whom he belonged to, whom he spent time with. So they began to tell David what would happen if they defeated Goliath. And David said, who is this uncircumcised? That means he don't have a covenant with us. He don't have a covenant with God the way we do. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's going to defy the army of the Lord? Come on. David, he began to speak what he believed. And they were still running. But David knew. He said, I'll defeat him. But when he went before Saul, I'm paraphrasing it. You go back and look at it. When he went before Saul, Saul was putting him on his armor. Who want to wear a king's armor that's running from a giant? Who want to put on that armor? But David, being obedient, he put on the armor. But he said, this don't fit me. He knew the armor that he had didn't fit him because he knew who he was in God. David was already suited up because, see, he knew that God was with him. See, you got to know that God is with you no matter where you go. No matter what comes up against you, you got to know that God is with you. David knew God was with him. So David didn't wear his armor. But what David did, he got five smooth stones. And I believe those five represent the fivefold. I believe he got those five smooth stones and say, come on, if the apostle don't take you out, the prophet got you. If the prophet don't take you out, the evangelist got you. If the evangelist don't take you out, the pastor got you. If the pastor don't take you out, the teacher's going to knock you out. Come on, I got five smooth stones because I'm ready for whatever you want to bring me. I'm ready. So David was ready and he told Goliath what was going to happen. 
But the way he told Elijah was he wasn't dependent on David. Let me check y'all right quick. Our problem is we're depending too much on us. We're depending too much on man to fix something that man can't fix. David knew he could not knock down that giant. But he knew a God who can work through him who could. I want y'all to understand that. David knew it wasn't going to be David that did it. David already said who was going to do it. But God needed a vessel to use to come through to carry out his work. So David was that vessel. So what David did, he took that one stone and he began to put it in a slingshot and he hit Goliath. Goliath fell to his feet, but it wasn't over yet. David said, now I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to have your head on a platter so everybody will see that my God is stronger than you. So what's happening to the church? The church don't know who they are. The church don't know what they have. Because if we really knew who we were and what we have, we wouldn't be bowing down to everything we hear. So David had a right to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Because all the times that David was in trouble... He began to exalt God. He began to bless God. He began to praise God. How many of us give more praise to God than we do anything else? How many of us give more praise to God than we do anything else? How many of us praise our husband and our wives more than we praise God? How many of us praise our animals more than we praise God? How many of us praise our jobs more than we praise God? How many of us praise our money more than we praise God? How many of us praise our clothes and material things more than we praise God? But David said, I will bless the Lord. He didn't say his things. He didn't say what he had. David knew that if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't have what I have. So I'm going to send praises up to him. I'm going to glorify him for everything that he has done in my life. I'm going to extol him. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And then he goes on to say his praises. Uh Uh-oh. He said his praises shall continually be in my mouth. That means all times. His praises shall continually, everywhere I go, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to give him glory. When I'm sitting at a dinner table, I'm going to praise him. God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have food on my table. God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to smell. I wouldn't be able to taste. God, I praise your holy name. I give you glory, God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, all times. That means everything that you do, you're supposed to be giving God glory. God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have breath in my body. I wouldn't be able to talk. I wouldn't be able to walk. I wouldn't 
was so grateful. He was so thankful because he knew what God had already done. See, the problem with us, the church, before we praise him, we got to see it. There's a problem. There's a problem. David already knew before the battle begun that the battle was already won. So David was getting his praise on before he even came in and used the slingshot in the stone. He knew. He saw him already knocked down. So David began to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. I'm asking you today, can you rejoice in the midst of what you see that don't look right? Can you give God glory in spite of what you're seeing in the natural? David said, he said, I will. David made it personal. You got to make it personal. Ain't about what your husband doing. Ain't about what your wife doing. Ain't about what your children doing. Ain't about what's happening on your job. But you making that personal and say, God, I'm going to bless you. God, I'm going to extol you. God, I'm going to praise you at all times. So you making a commitment to God to say, God, no matter what happens, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to exalt you. I'm still going to lift up your name because you're still God and you change not. His praise. His praise. His praise belong to him and nobody else. So who are you praising? Who are you extolling? Who are you lifting up? What are you lifting up? What are you praising more than you praising God? We only on verse one. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Bless the Lord at all times. I will. I will. I will. I will. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Everywhere you go, you should be blessing the Lord. In everything you do, you should be blessing the Lord. Then David go on to say, my soul. Y'all, that's the problem right there. See that soul, that mind, that will, and that emotion. Come on, when that soul is down, that soul don't want to bless nobody. Let's just be honest. When that soul, that mind, that will, and that emotion is going through something, because it's basing it on how it feels, it's basing it on its emotions. Come on, you get so downtrodden, you don't even want to lift your head. But he, he was talking to, he said, my soul. He knew he had to deal with the soul. He knew he had to deal with the mind, the will, and the emotions. So he said, my soul, make her boast in the Lord. He's telling the soul, soul, why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in the Lord. So we have to tell our soul, 
We have to tell our soul what to do. Because you get so down and out with what's going on around you, what you're hearing, how your body is feeling. You're feeling so depressed. You're feeling like nobody wants you around. You're feeling like you're by yourself. You're feeling like you're going to always be by yourself. You're feeling like you're going to always have pain in your body. You're feeling like you always ain't going to have no money in the bank. You're feeling like you're just alone. But he said, my soul will bless the Lord. So you got to tell your soul, you will. You will bless the Lord. Outside of how you feel, you're going to rise and you're going to bless the Lord. He said, my soul shall make her boast in who? Okay, let's go there. Your mind, your will, and your emotions supposed to boast in the Lord and not in things and people. That's what he's saying. He said, you making your boast. That means I'm bragging. Oh, I'm a brag on my God. Teresa, let me tell you how good my God is. Let me tell you what my God done for me. Let me tell you how when I was going through, how my God set me free. Let me tell you when I had pain in my body and I called on the Lord and the Lord healed. Come on, somebody. I'm going to brag on it. Let me tell you how. When I needed money and it was nowhere to be found, my God, Jehovah Jireh, he provided. Come on, can we boast on him? Can we boast on him? Can we brag on him? Because he's good. He's good. Hallelujah. So your soul have to be in a place. You got to get your soul in a place no matter how you feel. Come on, you can feel so faint hearted. I don't know about you, but I've been in a place where I just didn't want to do nothing but sit there and magnify what was going on in my life. Come on, have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? I was in a place and I remember I was sitting there before the Lord. And as I was sitting there before the Lord when I was going to get down and out. Come on, have you ever been felt like you just down and out? Felt like I was just down and out. Seemed like everything was hitting from every side. And as I was sitting there before the Lord, I heard the spirit of the Lord say, Arise, warrior. Arise, warrior. And I began to arise and I began to bless the Lord. I began to give him glory outside of how I was feeling. Outside of the way the enemy was coming, I began just to bless him even the more and thank him even the more. And I'm here to tell you that thing lifted. Because the Bible says for a spirit of heaviness, God will give you a garment of praise. See, you're not the only one that go through. Y'all think just because I'm up here teaching you, I don't go through. Don't you know the one that's teaching you is the house the enemy is going to try to hit? Don't you know that the one that's bringing you the word, the enemy going to try to come back at you? But don't you know that we got to continue to bless the Lord? In spite of our situation, we should have a praise. He said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Now listen at this. 
The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Come on. Do you know when we're boasting on the Lord, there's somebody out there that's going through. There's somebody out there that have a situation, but when we begin to brag on God, come on, it brings some light in the midst of the darkness. It brings some joy in the midst of the sadness. So that's why we need to bless the Lord at all times. We need to let his praises continually come out of our mouth, no matter what's going on in our lives. And then I'm getting to the point where I want to go. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Then he say, oh, magnify. Magnify, I want y'all to check this out. Means make him bigger, make him greater than everything you're going through. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. That means I'm making my God bigger than my problem. I'm making God bigger than my situation. I'm making God bigger than my pain. I'm making God bigger than my husband. I'm making God bigger than my wife. I'm making God bigger than my children. I'm making God bigger than my job. I'm making God bigger. Because he's greater. God is greater than anything. When you putting things before God, you making those things bigger than God. Jeremiah was in prison. And Jeremiah was a prophet. And Jeremiah was speaking the word as God gave him the word to speak. But the more that Jeremiah spoke the word, I'm here to tell you, trouble came. The more you speak the word in your home, outside of your home, even in the house of God, trouble is going to come. Because you're speaking truth. And darkness don't like truth. Friends are going to turn on you. Family is going to turn on you because you know why they turn it on you because they are in the flesh and you in the spirit. See, there's a war that's going on between the flesh and between the spirit. When you speak truth, people don't want to hear that. They rather hear a, hear a lie rather than hear the truth. So Jeremiah, he was in prison speaking truth. But while he was in prison, God told Jeremiah, I want you to buy some land. Now, come on, y'all. Why would I buy land and I'm locked up? What am I going to do with some land, Missy, and I'm locked up? Why would I want to waste my money on a piece of land and I'm locked up? So God is going to tell Jeremiah in prison, I want you to go buy this land. It was family land, so he wanted him to buy it. So this is what Jeremiah told him. Go to Jeremiah 32. He purchased the land. He did what God said, even though Jeremiah did not understand He still done what God told him to do. So this is what we need to do. Some things we don't understand. God take the foolish things to confirm the wise. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Listen at Jeremiah. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing too hard. For thee, I want you to hold on to that. Jeremiah knew, I'm in prison. You told me to buy some land, but you're God. You're the creator, you're the maker of all things. See, Jeremiah had to remind himself who God was in his time of trouble. He said, God, you created the heavens and the earth by your your outstretched hand and your great power. He said, is there nothing, is there nothing too hard for you? 
to be beyond one's power, too difficult for you to do. That's what he was saying. He said, God, there's nothing too difficult for you to do. The problem with us is we see things greater than we see God. That's why they're difficult. That's why they're hard. God said, there is nothing too hard for me. Why? Because I'm God. Come on, we look at something and we magnify that thing more than we magnify God. We should be giving God glory. Say, you're greater than what I see. You're greater than what I heard. You're greater than the weapon that's coming at me. That weapon can form, but it's not going to prosper. God, you're greater than that because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, can't we quote it? Can't we say it? Can't we say there's nothing too difficult for God? There's nothing too hard for God. But when things hit our home, what we do, we bow down to the thing that has hit our home. We bow down to that more than we bow down to God. See, that's why we don't know him the way that we need to know him, the way that he needs to be made known. It's about relationship, not about religion. See, when it comes to religion, religion is based on man. It's based on their tradition. It's based on what they do to get something done. That's law. We're not up under law. We're up under grace. See, grace made a way for us outside of what we do. We accept the grace through faith. But see, with man, they try to fix it and say, this is what you got to do to get it fixed. But with God, he said, I already fixed it. Just grab hold to what I have already done. I don't know about you, but I want what's already done. I don't want to go out there and try to do nothing myself. So God began to show me, he said, is there anything too hard for me? Is my word void of power? No. He said, so you got to hold on to what's greater. You got to hold on to what's bigger. You got to see me for who I am. Do you really see me for who I am? Or are you just saying you see me for who I am? Because if you're waiting on me to do something, you don't see me for who I am. I'm going there. God reminded me of entering his gates with thanksgiving. The gate that they had to enter, they had to come to that gate with thanksgiving. Why? Because this was the tabernacle that was set up. And the only way that they could go into the courts to give praise, to do the sacrifice, is realizing what they had. They had to be thankful for the lamb that they were bringing. So they entered the gates with thanksgiving because they had a sacrificial lamb that didn't have spot nor blemish. They couldn't even come to the gate with a defected lamb. They had to come to the gate with the perfect lamb. They just couldn't offer God up anything. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. That's why God had to come out of heaven and come here on the earth to be the perfect lamb. Because nobody here was perfect. So when they got to that gate with the lamb, I want you to see them carrying that lamb. They were so certain. I'm going in the court because I got a perfect lamb. So when they got to the gate, the only thing they can do was offer up Thanksgiving because they knew what they had. Come mm. When you know what you got, you can be thankful. Come on, Tyson, when you know you got a million in the bank, come on, before you get to the bank, you giving God some praise. You thanking him before you get to the bank because you know what's in the bank. So they come into the gate with Thanksgiving. Guess where it was? In the heart. 
Your thanksgiving got to come from the heart, not from the head. You got to have so much thanksgiving in your heart. Have you ever thought about? Come on, I can think about my husband sometime and all the things that he does for his family. It gives me so much thanks. I just begin to say, Lord, thank you for my husband. Thank you for all that he do. Thank you for giving him, God, what need to be done. God, I thank you. And then you can just feel your heart just cringing and then tears come down your eyes because you know what you got. When you know what you got, you can be thankful. You don't know what you got. That's why you can't be thankful. It starts with thanks. They had the lamb. They were thankful. They come to the gate with the lamb just saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this lamb. Thank you for this sacrifice. Lord, I thank you. So now when the lamb was checked, they're entering the courts. See this altar? That was a brazen altar there where that lamb had to be laid out for slaughter. So they had to take the very lamb that they were thankful for. And they had to identify with the lamb and say, now I'm going to praise. Because... It's the lamb and not me. The lamb is laying down his life for me. I'm the one that messed up. I'm the one that did everything that I shouldn't have done. I'm the one that lied. I'm the one that stole. I'm the one that committed adultery. I'm the one that talked about people. I'm the gossiper. I'm this and I'm that. But the lamb laid down his life for me and he didn't do anything. So that's when you go into a high praise. That's when you can enter his courts with praise because the lamb is laying down his life for something he didn't do that you done. This is why they sent Barabbas off and crucified Jesus because Jesus said that's how it's supposed to be. He said, I'm going to die in the place of the murderer even though I'm not a murderer. That's what love does, y'all. Love dies in your place. So Jesus died in our place and we didn't even deserve it. So that's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. David had some revelation on giving thanks on blessing the Lord. Until you get that revelation on why you bless the Lord, why you give thanks, your thanksgiving is in vain. So he was thanking him. So we got to magnify God, more than we magnify our problems and our situations. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That means that you just can't get in the midst of people that don't know God the way you know him and think they're going to magnify God with you because some people don't understand what you understand. Some people ain't been through what you've been through. So when you're boasting on the Lord, when you're magnifying him and you're making him great, some people be in church like this. You just giving God glory, waving your hands, praising God, and they sitting there like this. I wish they come on. I wish they hush with all of that noise. They don't make no sense. You don't have to scream that loud. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know how when they called on the Lord, he answered them in their time of trouble. You don't know what they've been through. So he said he want us to magnify him. He want us to make him greater than anything. This is what Jeremiah did in prison. He was magnifying his God. 
Even in the midst, who can magnify God shut up in a prison in a dungeon? Jeremiah. He was giving God glory. So he said, magnify the Lord with me. Go back to Psalms. I'm going somewhere. The Lord is going somewhere. And he's helping me to get there. Maybe taking a little bit, but we're going to get there. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, this is the verse here. I sought the Lord and he heard me. How many, when you seek the Lord, you know he hear you? How many really know that when you're seeking the Lord, he really hears you? Okay, I'm going to ask you this. How you know he hear you? How you know? If you're seeking him, how you know he's hearing you? Somebody said a small, still voice, but check this out. I'm going to tell you how you know. Go to 1 John 5, 14. See, we got to back up how we know. Don't tell me you're seeking him. I want to know how you know you hear, that he's hearing you. Because it said in 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence, the boldness that we have in him. The assurance, the confidence, the boldness that we have in him. Now, listen at this. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hear us. There you go. If you go into him, you know he hear you because you ask him according to his will, according to his word. And then it goes on to say, and we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask. We know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Why? Because we ask him according to his will. When you go to God, you go into him with his word. Let me give you another one. Oh, God is just so good. We're just getting started, y'all. We're just getting started. Isaiah 65, verse 24. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I hear. Come on, somebody. God already know your heart even before you get before. God already know what you're thinking even before you get before him. So why am I saying all this today? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Why am I saying making God bigger than any situation or any problem? Because we have to. You have to. We're in a crisis right now, y'all. The crisis that we're in right now is, I'll say it, COVID is all around you. You don't even know where it is no more. It can't even be identified like, like they had before. You talking to a person, next thing you know, COVID. You walk past a person, next thing you know, COVID. You in family presence, next thing you know, COVID. They didn't look like they had COVID. What COVID supposed to look like? You can't see COVID. You can't, yeah, you can feel it once it tried to attach to your body, right? So we're in a crisis now. You don't know whom or what you're around. That's why you need to be blessing the Lord at all times. That's why you need to be extolled in him, making him bigger than COVID. We're magnifying COVID more than we're magnifying God. This is why COVID is being praised. The Christians are praising COVID more than they're praising God. Anything that come on the land, the Christians are talking about it. Come on, what did David say? Let us exalt his name together. Christians are exalting COVID together. They're magnifying COVID together. Every time the news says something about COVID, Christians are repeating what the news is saying. Let us magnify God above COVID. 
that's what you say, but my God. Come on, magnify the word. Lift the word up higher. But we're lifting everything up higher than God. Now I'm going somewhere. Do you know who you are? Do you know really what you have in him? Do you know that the same spirit that raised Jesus? First of all, let me ask you this. Are you saved? Ain't too many of us in here saved. I need to call the altar call. Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you really accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you really truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know what you accepted? What? Life. You have accepted life. Everlasting life. A life that don't cease to end. Eternal life. So if I have accepted life, where is that life? On the inside of me. And that life, it overcomes darkness because in that life is the light of God. God is about life. He's not about death. God is about life. He's not about death. He was so good that he allowed his life to come in us so we wouldn't have to experience the death that's trying to come at us. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And as long as you're here on this earth, things are going to come to represent death. But because life and light come in the midst of death, it can't touch life because life overcame death. So why are you allowing things to overcome you when greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead that raised him from the dead is in you so why are we accepting death because we don't know we have the spirit let me go somewhere lord have mercy listen at this y'all listen at this Go to Romans 8. Let's break it down. Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Hold up, hold up. There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt, no wrong to those that are in who? Now, are you in Christ? How are you in Christ? Because you're born again. Because you're saved. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Come on. The anointed one is in you. The hope of glory. So there is therefore now no condemnation because you in Christ, not in you. Now, if you're in you, you're going to have some condemnation. But if you know you in Christ, the enemy cannot make you feel guilty or wrong because you are in Christ. And in Christ, there's no guilt, there's no wrong, there's no shame because I am in Christ. So talk about me as much as you want to talk about me, but I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. So there's no guilt. You can't make me feel guilty. You can't make me feel wrong because I'm in Christ. And my life is hidden in Christ. God don't see me. He see 
Christ. So when I stand before the Father, I don't care if I cuss like a sailor all day long, but if I know my rights, I ain't coming to him in Amanda's name. I'm coming to him in Christ's name. He ain't looking at my cussing. He's looking at Jesus. So you got to give me what belonged to me because of him, not because of my mouth. Now my mouth will stop me because I'll be feeling guilty. And being that I'm feeling guilty, I'll feel like he won't give me nothing. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because if I base it on me, no, I'm basing it on law. I'm basing it on what I need to do. But if I'm basing it on him, yes, I cuss. Yes, I smoke. Yes, I did this. But you still got to do what you said. Because I'm coming to you in Jesus. I'm not coming to you in me. I'm getting somewhere. I'm not telling you to cuss. I'm not telling you to drink. And I'm not telling you to smoke. I'm telling you, when you come to him, he don't see you drinking. He don't see you cussing. He don't see none of that. He see who you coming in the name of. I'm coming in the name of Jesus, not the name of Amanda. So you got to do what you said in his name, not in mine. So we missing it. Because we allowing guilt and condemnation to come at us based on what we said. But when you know who you are in him, you will repent. You will have a change of mind of what you said because you know that's not his character. But it ain't going to stop God for giving me what belonged to me because I'm in Christ, not in me. My life is hidden in him. So, Lord, you basing it on him and not on me. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I know my rights. I know my inheritance that I have in him. If I wait to get cleaned up, I might as well die today. Because guess what? He already cleaned me up. So if I wait to get something right, to get something from God, I will never get it. God's already given it to me. And it was never based on me. Jennifer, it was based on his son. It was never based on what you could do or how you could do it or when you can do it. He said, I'm basing it on my son. I can't base it on you because you will fail. He said, but my son will not fail. So in him, there is therefore what? No condemnation. And then he goes on to say, who walk after, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you're walking after the flesh, you're doing fleshly things. So you're going to have that condemnation. But listen at this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Let me tell you about this, y'all. There's a law of the spirit of the life in Christ. What is this law? It's God's commandments that bring life. God's commandments is what ordains life. Let me explain. When God gave his commandments... To those Israelites, he gave the commandments to the Israelites because they didn't know they were in sin. They were living sinful lives like it was normal. Just like in this world, people are coming to church, they're partying, they're singing on choirs, they're, they're doing things and saying, Lord, Lord, but yet don't know him, right? So they know what the commandment says, but they're not living according to God's command. Why? Because they have a sinful nature in them. So God gave the commandments To wake up the sinful nature, to bring that nature alive so they would know that they were in the need of a savior. This is why God gave those commandments. Those commandments were still holy. Those commandments were still the truth of God. Those commandments were the life of God. But what was happening, the life of God that was wakening up that sinful nature in them, 
Guess what? That sinful nature was coming in. The commandments were strong. The flesh was weak. So being that the flesh was weak, guess what? They didn't pay no attention to the commandments. This is what's happening. So listen what he said. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You have the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus in you. But listen at this. It freed you. It made you free from the law of sin and death. Listen at this. The law of the spirit of life. That's in Christ Jesus. You have the spirit of life in you that comes through Christ Jesus. When you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you got the spirit of life in you. And it freed you. The only way you could be free. Let me break it down. Jesus came down off the throne, which was God himself. And he came down as the word. He was a spirit. The word became flesh. Why did he have to come flesh and dwell among us? Because he had to fulfill what we could not fulfill. Jesus had to fulfill every commandment, every rule, every regulation that God had because man could not fulfill it. When God said, do not commit this, guess what? That sin nature in you, it was doing what God told you not to do. That sin nature rose up on the inside of you. But Jesus fulfilled every commandment he didn't have a problem fulfilling it right he fulfilled it he freed us from these commands but guess what happened he still had to pay the price he had to pay the price because the wages of sin is what death so jesus had to die so we could become the righteousness of god through him so jesus died his death burial and his resurrection he died when he died we died with him the sinful nature died it was crucified it was buried anything that die guess what is dead is that not right have you ever been to a funeral and a dead body woke up and started talking it's dead but guess what god can bring that dead body from from the dead if he chooses to that he's a super some of y'all would doubt that But he's a supernatural God. He put the super on the natural. So that's what Jesus did. So when Jesus rose, he rose with power. So the same power that he rose with is on the inside of us. So when things come up in your life, guess what you have to do? You have to wake up the spirit of life that's in you through the word of God. The spirit quickens the flesh, profits you nothing. The words I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. So anything that's going on in your life, things are going to come at you, but you're supposed to speak the word of life to those things and say, no, you cannot come here. I curse you right now in the name of Jesus. See, Jesus lived the life on earth to show us how we should live with the spirit of life in us. So he walked the earth with sicknesses and with diseases. It never said he caught one. Leprosy come up on Jesus. It never said he became a leper. The leper, leprosy had to bow down to who? To Jesus. The man with the withered hand. He said, scratch forth your hand. The two blind men. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. And guess what? He gave us examples of what the church supposed to be doing. Quit waiting on God to come off his throne. He's right here. Look down. We look up, buddy, right here. He's in you. We, we pray, oh Lord, if you would heal me, I'll pay my tithes. Please, God don't hear that mess. 
he gave you what you need to heal yourself. Oh, Lord, come by here. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. He's here. Oh, Lord, come by. Somebody needs you, Lord. Come by. He's here. Oh, Lord, come by here. Them slave songs. You're no longer a slave. You're free. But you got to start operating on the freedom that's already in you. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Y'all, listen to what I'm saying. And people, some people may disagree, but it don't make me no difference because I'm going to tell you what the word says. God don't need natural to help him. If he needed natural to help him, he wouldn't be God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God used you to bring forth him, but he do it in a supernatural way, not a natural way. If he did it in a natural way, he would not be God. Hear what I'm saying? If God done it in a natural way, who would believe that he's El Elyon? If God done it in a natural way, who, that's why you have doctors, that's why you have nurses, that's why you have lawyers. But God got to go beyond the doctor for them to know, I didn't do this. What I prescribed to you didn't do this. So I know it had to be God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You don't put God with natural. God is no natural God. This is natural. Ouch. Ouch. When God come on the scene, it gets past this ouch a feeling. Do y'all hear what I say? It get. I'll give you another one. Beloved, I give you sweet sleep. Who's going to give you the sweet sleep? Meldatonium or God? Whatever you call it. What do the words say? Who said he gives sweet sleep? So he needs some help or some meldicondium or whatever you call that stuff. Do y'all know who he is? This is what we do with that stuff. Lord bless this so I can sleep. Lord, you work through this so I can sleep. Man done put what they need to put in there for you to sleep. But after a while, you got to wake up. And sooner or later, when your body get used to that, it ain't going back to sleep. So who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? <laughs> or are you going to call on God? See, I want y'all to understand something. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to the beginning now. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who created it? No, who really created it? No, 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 no. Y'all got it backwards. Y'all got it backwards. Y'all are saying God, but yet you think man done it. Let's quit lying. Let's quit lying now. Let's just quit lying. I bind that lying spirit in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible said, in the beginning, God created. Check this out. So God created the physical. Who? 
created what? So if God created the physical, you know man didn't do it, right? So God know how physical. Hello? Because he's the creator. Let's do that again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who did it? Who did it? Who did it? So who know how it worked? No man do. Excuse me? So God knows how it should work, right? So God is over the... Oh my God, is he really? Is he really or is it man? Wait a minute, who is it? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. In the beginning, God created... And how was the earth? Toe up. Without form. That means it was nothing there. And it was void. What void mean? Empty. And it was dark. Oh my goodness. But guess what God did? He said, all right now. He said, I'm the creator. I'm Elohim. But I want my spirit just to hoover over this. Ooh. I want you to broad over this because I'm getting ready to do something. But I want you to sit right here and broad over it. So the Holy Spirit just waiting. The Holy Spirit is God's power. Just waiting. So as soon as God said, let there be. But that's what he had to do. He said, let there be. He had to see. <laughs> hmm. What are you seeing most? Darkness or light? Come on. What are you seeing most? Dark. What are you magnifying most? Darkness or light? So he said, let there be light and there was light. God said, let there be and there was. And God saw the light. What are you seeing? When you speak in God's word, are you seeing darkness or are you seeing light? We're supposed to see light because God's word bring forth life and it bring forth light. So when you come into a room, if you're carrying the spirit of God, every bit of darkness supposed to leave. But guess why it don't leave? Because you don't know what you're carrying. You don't. When you don't know what you're carrying, you entertain in darkness. When when you come into a room, whatever's in that room that ain't right, that room's supposed to not be in chaos no more. It's supposed to be in peace. Because when you walk in the room and the Holy Spirit say, there is darkness here. I command darkness to go in the name of Jesus. Light have showed up. And the darkness supposed to leave. Why? Because God has power over the darkness. See, when you don't know what you have, you live in darkness when you carry in light. Let there be. You're supposed to speak what you want to be. And what you're supposed to be speaking is life and light, not death. For death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat what? The fruit thereof. What fruit are you eating? What fruit have you been eating? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the what fruit thereof we supposed to speak life he said i'll put before you life and death blessings and curses he said but i want you to choose life because god is about life 
So you speak life over your situation, even though it looks like death. You know, we go in somebody's room and say, they look like they're ready to go right now. Christian folk, they just look like they're dead already. Is it dead? Wait up. You're supposed to go in and wake up the dead. Because you're supposed to bring life in that room. Where there is sickness, you're supposed to bring healing. This is what Jesus did. Everything that he did is what we're supposed to be doing. But if you don't know who you are, you live amongst the dead and do what the dead is doing instead of letting the dead live amongst the living. So God said it's time for the church to rise up and magnify God, magnifying who you are now that you're in him instead of magnifying what's going on around you. Let us magnify him. Let us exalt him together. So we have the spirit of life in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. The same spirit is dwelling us. And that same spirit is supposed to quicken our mortal body. So if our bodies ain't acting right, you know what we say? Body, right now in the name of Jesus, be quickened by the power. Of God in Jesus name. Pain you go from my body in Jesus name. You don't belong here. Leave I say right now in Jesus name. Every source that's behind this pain. You go right now in the name of Jesus. Now body I command you to be healed. In the name of Jesus. See I don't need nothing else to help me. But the life of God that's in me. Listen what I'm saying. I don't need nothing else to help me. Except the life of God that's in me. Okay, if I'm falling back on something else, I ain't trusting God for who he is. But you got to get to that place to trust him not to go to something else. God wants us to go to him outside of everything else because he's God. When you truly get to know him, you know God don't need help. He used a person to bring you what you need. I'll give you an example. And I have to use Renee on this one because it's going to let y'all see how the spirit of God, the life of God work. Athea, I need a mic. Renee, I want you to do that same skit that you've done before. Can you give Renee a mic, please? Oh, he got one. Now, listen to what I'm saying. This is what the word says, y'all. I'm only going on what the word is saying. God's word don't change. God's word don't come back void. That means it's going to go out and accomplish what God has sent it to do. Did anybody Bible say he sent something along with the word? Did anybody see that in the Bible? He just sent what? His word. Go ahead, Renee. In Bible study, apostles. Um, it's on. Just hold it up to your mouth. Frustration. And what stood out to me about frustration is why. frustration it leads to anger and it leads to depression oh god Ooh, my arm my arm is hurting my arm is hurting my arm is hurting hello um this is valerie green i'm calling to see if dr george has an availability i'm in a lot of pain I'm sorry, ma'am, but he's leaving early today. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, he's leaving early. My arm is hurting. Oh, I need some Tylenol. Give me some Tylenol. 
Tylenol, this Tylenol ain't doing nothing. Malazacam, maybe that'll work. Malazacam, Malazacam ain't doing nothing. <sighs> Hello? Hi, this is Valerie Green. I called yesterday. I was seeing, calling to see if Dr. George was in. Um, no, he's not in. He's out. He's on vacation for the week. Oh, God, he's on vacation for the week. My arm is hurting, and he's somewhere on vacation. Oh, God, my arm is hurting. My arm is hurting. My arm was hurting so bad. It's time to go to Bible study. My arm is hurting, but I'm going to Bible study. So Tuesday come, I got up, went to Bible study after Bible study. I came up to the altar, and I say, Pastor, my arm is hurting me so bad. I can't sleep. I ain't slept all week. My arm is hurting. And Pastor said, I left out some Tuesday night. She said, oh, no, the devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. She prayed over me. She said, Renee, every night read Mark 11. 2223 and mark 11 22 23 is have faith in god you have to speak to that mountain and that mountain is sickness that mountain is anything that you go through so pastor prayed over me and when i went home i slept the pain just instantly and god allowed me to just sit there and watch how she declared and decreed his word, and week after week after week, he's showing me I slept and I slept, and this arm didn't hurt. This arm, I had to hold my arm up. I couldn't hold up my arm. I had to lift my arm up when my daughter could put um, deodorant under my arm, and then that arm just. Now. My point is, she went to medicine. It didn't help. She called the doctor. She couldn't get up with him. But God sent her in to Bible study, and the word was spoken. Did God need any help? It was his word. And she took his word for what it was. And she slept when she couldn't sleep, when she couldn't rest. Have you ever been in so much pain, you you just can't rest? You're tossing and you're turning. But when God got a hold of what was getting a hold of her, it had to loose her. It had to let her go. And guess what Renee did? She accepted what God said. Our problem is, It's in the head, but ain't in the heart. When we truly get the word of God in our heart and we take it for what it really is, God know where your heart is. He know when you believe in and when you not believe in, but God had to show up and show out and let Renee know, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that healeth thee. Did I ever say, Renee, don't take no more medicine. I just gave her the word and the word let her know it was more powerful than what she had. 
We got to get to a place, church, and I'm going to say it again, that you better know God better than you know anything. Because those anythings are going to run out. Then who are you going to run to? There was a person who was on high blood pressure medicine. They was taking the blood pressure medicine. They got a cold and they thought they could take Sudafed because they got a cold. That's what you take, Sudafed. Took the Sudafed and went blind. That ain't God. That's not God. So come to find out, the wife found out that the, the instruction said, do not take Sudafed if you're on high blood pressure medicine. You'll go blind. God don't give you blindness. God don't do that. The medicine that he give you make you totally whole. There ain't no side effects to it. The only side effects is you might get a little heat coming on you. Or you might fall out and wake up healed. But ain't no side effects with God. You just feel the joy of the Lord as being your strength. You just rise up in a newness of life. Everything God does, y'all, he do it opposite of man so man would know that he's God. How would man know he's God if you following all the instructions of man and not listening to God instructions? Somebody please tell me. You got to magnify God more than you magnifying anything else because we're living in a time that man is telling you we cannot help you. Don't get on certain things. Don't come to the hospital. We cannot help you. We got too much going on with COVID. We are overworked. So take care of yourself. Quit smoking. Quit drinking. Don't get in fast cars. Stay home. Don't come to this hospital. We cannot help you. Don't call 911. When are we going to get in and out thick heads? They're telling you they can't help you. Then the stuff that they used to get for what you got, they can't get it. So they got to try something else. Then when they try something else, that affects something else. But they're only doing their job. They're only doing what they know. We got to tap into what we supposed to know is the word of God. So whomever you stand in front of, whether it's a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, a psychiatrist, whoever it may be, you better know that you got something in front of you that's greater. Because you got to be able to distinguish should I or shouldn't I? Because some of those should I's will get you in trouble when you shouldn't I. Because we want quick fixes. How many don't want a quick fix when you're going through? Fix me now. Fix me now. <laughs> but when you wait on God. And when God tell you to be still and trust me. He ain't telling you just to lay down moaning and groaning. He's telling you to rise up and speak the word over your body. Speak life over your body. Tell your body what you want it to do. And your body have to line up because I created your body. Your body didn't create itself. Body, you line up today. Bills, you line up today. When you're telling your bills to line up, that don't mean you go out there and do more spending. You don't get outside of the will of God. That don't mean when you're telling your body to line up, you eat more pork chops and pig feet and all this other crazy stuff. You don't go outside of what he's telling you to do. But we do it and then we call on God. Oh, my blood pressure high. Why is your blood pressure high? God didn't create your blood to be high. Why is it high? Because you don't want to push back from what you're doing. And stress and worry will bring your blood pressure up even if you're eating right. 
And he tell you the prescription is be careful for nothing. But through prayer and stuff, exercise all you want. If you don't stop worrying, it ain't going to do you no good exercising. Eat all you want. I done pulled away from this. I done pulled away from that. Have you pulled away from worry? Have you stopped being anxious? Everything's right. My cholesterol and all this is right. But that's just old blood pressure. Don't want to settle down. That's because you're magnifying it. You're giving it stuff to keep it where it don't supposed to be. See, y'all, when we get out of our little disaster and we're feeling good like we know we should, we wait like a week or maybe two weeks and we go back to the same pattern. Only thing the doctor have to say is, you're going to die if you don't quit eating like this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear you, sir. I hear you, sir. Then you go home and throw out everything you got. When the word tell you how to live, we look at the word like God don't know what he's talking about and he's God. We don't take the God's word. We take man's word. Only thing man got to say, you gonna die. And that's when we be ready to live then. But the word tell us, you will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. But they say, I'm going to die. Let's don't die before our time. Let's get into the word so we can live. Let's speak the word of life so we can live. And have this life that Jesus have called us to have and have it more abundantly. You do not deny your symptoms because they're there. Do not be lying to nobody and say, I ain't hurting and you're dragging your leg. Don't be lying to nobody and say you don't have a cold and you're sneezing all over the place. Don't be lying to nobody and, and saying you don't have a headache and you're doing all that. Oh, my head. You got a headache. No, I ain't got a headache. I'm the healer of the Lord. No, say, yet a headache is trying to come at me. I am still the healed of the Lord. By Jesus Christ, I am the healed. You don't deny what's there. You just tell what's there. It cannot stay there. You don't belong here. Because the spirit of life of Christ is in me. The law of spirit of life is in me. And he has freed me from, the, from sin and death. So sin and death don't have rule over me no more. So that's why you got to speak those things that be not as though they were. We got to rise up, church. We got to be the ones speaking life. Quit telling people, well, you know the Lord will hear you if it's his will. You ain't in the word. It is his will. And when people come to you as a believer, the first thing you're supposed to give them is the word. You do not supposed to tell, well, God said by Jesus Christ, you're healed, but you better get to that hospital. You're supposed to bring the power. The power's in you. You don't go outside of his word. That's doubt and unbelief. God is who he say he is. He changed not. Y'all, we can change all we want, but God does not change. He's going to remain the same. If you don't accept what he's done, he's not mad at you. But he's telling you what to do to get what you already have. Have faith in God. We walk by faith and not by sight. We do not walk by what we see. If we walk by what what we see, we're not walking by faith. We're walking by sight. I see it, but I'm not going to live according to what I see. I'm going to live according to what the word of God is telling me. If the word say I am, that's what I am. And I'm going to be what the word tell me I'm going to be. Amen.
So let's speak life and speak life more abundantly. And the signs and wonders supposed to follow those that believe. If you're speaking and nothing is following you, it's out of line. Whatever you speak supposed to follow you. It's supposed to come into agreement with what you're saying. God confirms his word by what's spoken. God is going to bring life to that situation. So you can't tell somebody something out of your flesh. You tell them out of the spirit and you know it's done. You can go past it and say it's already done. You don't have to show me nothing. I know what God say. And you keep it moving. Me and my husband was in um, honey bake the other day. And as we were sitting down and getting ready to eat, the lady that was bringing us our food, as soon as she walked off, the spirit of the Lord just gave me an unction concerning that woman. I didn't even know what it was, but I could feel her way across the room. And I said, God, I don't know what you want to do with this lady, but it's something you want to do. You ain't told me nothing. God said, just call over there. So as I called the lady over to the table, I don't even know all what God said. The only thing I know is she was just wiping her eyes and she just left, went about her business. I started back eating. She come right back to the table and stood there and she said, I need to tell you about that word you gave me. I said, okay. She said, the word you gave me is the answer I've been looking for from God over a month. Thank you. What am I saying? Signs and wonders. Follow those who believe. God didn't tell me what to say to that lady. The only thing he told me is to call her to the table. But as I opened my mouth, God filled it with him. He filled it with life for that lady. So that lady knew I can make it now. I got my answer. I can make it now. See, if we don't be the voice for him, when people are dying and they're in crisis, you got to speak the life. The life of God got to come out of you. Get beside yourself going to these restaurants and just dogging out, just putting your mask on and off just to put a spoon in your mouth. You in there to speak life. You bringing life in that restaurant. You supposed to be a magnet. You're supposed to bring God in the midst of them. Everywhere the soles of your feet tread, you shall possess the land. When you're going in the grocery store, just walk up to somebody and tell them, I want you to know God loves you. I want you to know that God see what you're going through. I want you to know that in him there's nothing missing and nothing broken. You have a blessed day in the Lord. Don't you know that's giving somebody hope? And just cut it off. Don't keep beating them up. Cut it off and go about your business. Let God be at work. He want to be at work. God is in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. We have to get out there and speak life. And speak it more abundantly. Amen. And that woman, the woman that's behind Jennifer. Jennifer, just turn around and say, hello. Say, God loves you. With the everlasting love. And say, he knows what you're in the need of. Even before you ask, say it's already done. It's already been fulfilled. Every pain, every ache, everything that has been coming against your body. Be healed. Be made whole. In Jesus' name, swell it in your body. Go right now in the name of Jesus. When you lay down, your sleep shall be sweet. 
You shall not lay down in pain. You shall not get up in pain. You shall rise up healed, delivered, and set free. Come on and give God some glory. Hallelujah. 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 God is doing a great work. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. And woman of God. God said, if he saved you, he'll save your whole house. Every prayer that you have put on the altar, that you have laid before God, God said, I heard you the first day. And God said, I'm not going to leave them alone. Just like I didn't leave you, I'm not going to leave them nor forsake them. Don't you give up. Because God said, it's already done. It's already done. It's already worked out. It's already fulfilled. God said, I know their names. God said, even when you're not saying anything, God said, I already know. God said, there's a turnaround even in your house. Even in your household, there's a turnaround for you, woman of God. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is just so wonderful. He's so awesome. I'm trying to get Julia. You see the guy right by the window? I don't know your name, sir. Yes. What is your name? Nehemiah was a, it was thing that some things that you can look at that you can put together, you don't even know how they come together. Do not lose hope because God is going to use you for such a time as this. Because sometimes we stray away from God because we think that God strayed away from us. But God said, I heard your cry. He said, I heard your cry from afar off. And God is raising you up, man of God, to be home. He has called you to be. Don't let people tell you. That you're not whom God has called you to be. Because God said, I'm raising you up to be whom I have called you to be. And God said, I'm healing even your past hurts. He's mending your broken heart and he's binding up all of your wounds. God sees and God knows everything. Amen. God is all seeing and all knowing God. God don't miss a beat. He don't miss anything. Hold up your hands for me. God said, I'm blessing the works of your hands. And God's going to bless the works of your hands real good. And people are going to know it was God and not you. They're going to know it was God and not you. And you're going to magnify the Lord. You're going to boast on the Lord for what God has done and not what you have done. Amen. So we honor God.